All right, folks, welcome. This is No Bones About Wrestling. I'm your host, Asa, along with Kay Fabulous. Hey. And this is your Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor Report. The show was March 31st, 2023, in Los Angeles, California, the City of Angels. The city so nice, they named it the City of Angels. <laughs> uh, up first, we had... An amazing match. The AAA Mega Championship match. We had the champion, Elijo Del Vikingo, defending against Comander. Or Comander, I think it's pronounced in Espanol. Mm-hmm. Comander. Uh, this one was was a match. Uh, we had a lockup to start, no spinnies or flips. Uh, and they did... Uh, it almost felt like they were parodying what was expected of them, but I'm sure they weren't. They did a lockup to start and uh, walked their way around the ring. And then after that, they, they worked their way into the spot where, where you see it in Mexican wrestling in uh, Lucha Libre quite a bit, where the wrestlers, they both stand on their heads. They're locked at the legs, and they're both slapping each other. It's a silly spot. I had never seen that before. Oh, yeah. yeah it's I a common... I haven't seen many Lucha Libre matches. It's a, we, we'll watch more. It's a common spot. Um, but... Yeah, it was, it was very surprising because I hadn't seen it before. I was not quite sure what was happening. Um, and the announcers mentioned something about it being kind of a traditional Lucha Libre thing, but I thought I had seen at least a few Lucha Libre matches. Yeah, it's sure, kind maybe, of a, Maybe not as traditional as this one was. I mean, it's a silly thing, but it's kind of a, a hat, uh, you know, it's kind of a nod to tradition, that kind of thing. You. yeah. But it's it's silly. But the the match really gets going. Um, Commander hits a senton flip on Vikingo. Then he goes and gets a table from beneath the ring. Uh... The Kingo hits an inverted shooting star. This this is going to feel a lot like a list, but that's because there's so much crazy shit. That's kind of how I had to do it. I felt like I was listing it off. Uh, the Kingo hit an inverted shooting star into a Hurricane Rana. Comandere then walked the ropes and went for a 450. Uh, Van- the Kingo got up his feet, blocked the 450, Vikingo then climbed and stood on the turnbuckle, stood on the post, the ring rope post, and jumped from the turnbuckle post to the ropes towards Commander, who caught him for a sit-out power bomb. Pretty amazing spot there. Vikingo uh, then climbed back to the uh, the turnbuckle post, jumped to the middle rope, and did a gainer into Comandere. Uh He then took off from the middle rope, hit an inside-out corkscrew 450 splash, and got a two-count out of that one. Uh, Comandere nailed Vikingo with a destroyer on the ring apron. Comandere then ran the ropes, jumped off of them, flipped into Vikingo. Comandere walked the ropes again, Hit a shooting star press on Vikingo, got a two count. Vikingo jumped from the turnbuckle, grabbed Commander off the ropes in midair, and hit a destroyer on him, changing direction after grabbing Commander off the ropes. 
He then laid uh, Comendaire onto a table and hit a 6.30 splash. Uh, Vikingo hit a 6.30 splash onto Comendaire. The, the table did not break. Uh, Vikingo then went for a 6.30 splash inside the ring. He missed it. Comendaire then hit uh, a signature move of his called the Hidden Ace, in which he pulled something out from his, uh, he had kind of sleeves, not on his costume, but a, you know, kind of wrist. Yeah, he had cuffs. And And it was was a card. It was a playing card. Right. And this move is called the Hidden Ace. And Comendaire hits this move. Uh, Vikingo grabbed the ropes after a two count. And Comendaire seemed kind of stunned by that. Vikingo gets up. Hits a 6.30 splash on Comendaire for the pin and the win. This match was utterly amazing. Five bones. Terrific. This was the match of the night. We'll, uh, we'll probably end up be, you know, being the match of the weekend out of, out of WrestleMania weekend. Ironic that the best match will not be on WrestleMania, but that, that seems like... I can't like... believe you're saying probably... Like, I cannot imagine a match topping this one. Well, I like to reserve my judgment. I like to be judgy. I, I can't imagine a match at WrestleMania topping this one either, but I, I'm reserving my judgment. You know, so things this, things happen in wrestling. You never know when, you know, you never know. That makes Vikingo's record five five bones for all three matches you've seen him in. That's the only wrestler where that has been the case, I think. Three matches? Have we seen him? Yeah, because we saw him uh, on... We saw him against Kenny Omega. We saw him on Ring of Honor, and then we saw him on Supercard of Honor. What match do you think we saw him in in between? We saw him against Blake Christian, and you gave it Oh, Blake Christian, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Three matches where I've given him five bones, correct. Yes. Yeah. So, in your rankings, he's... uh, Number one at the moment. If you were to average them out, yeah. yes, he would be number one. Yes, yeah. But, of course, that's only on, on three matches. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like when in basketball when someone's shooting percentage is, like, crazy good, but they only take, like, three shots all season. Right. But it's like if all three of those shots were from all the way across the <laughs> fucking yeah. court or some shit. <laughs> this guy is... They're both amazing. Yeah. I, I will say, especially... I mean, Comandere is amazing. But especially Elio Del Vikingo. Yeah. This guy is something else. And I feel like they've really... I mean, they were both already amazing. But in this match together, I think they mm. elevated each other to like a whole different level of a whole different level. Because I feel like they yeah. were already on a whole different level. So then they just went like up another floor or something, you know? I mean... Yeah, this was, was it was terrific. I, I don't know what else I can say about it. If if you have if you if you miss this match, find some way to go and see this AAA Mega Championship title defense by Alijo Del Vikingo. It was terrific. Uh, this was the best match I've seen in quite a while. I I can't tell you the last time I saw a match that was this good. It's it's it was. It's one of the best matches I've seen. Like period. I wouldn't. I don't know if it's the best match I've ever seen. But it's one of the best matches I've ever seen. Yeah, it was very good. It's the best. It's the best Ring of Honor match I've seen mm-hmm. in this in this new Ring of Honor. 
Uh, it's the best match they've had, that's for sure. I've seen every every match in this new Ring of Honor. I can tell you it's the best match they've had, for sure. And can I just say, too, like, the booking for this show, the way they ordered the matches, I felt like was so smart. Yeah. Because yeah. I was a little nervous for them uh, well, this should, as to how be, they were going to do it. But Let's be honest, though. That should have been the main event. Well, I mean, it should have been the main event, but there was no way it was going to be the main event. But why not? Because you're the one that's always insistent that the big belt needs to be the main event. Yeah, I know. I know. So, I mean, they I want mean, their world title own, to be the... Yeah. yeah I by know. your own rules, it couldn't have been the main event. I know. They're wanting to, the, to build up the Ring of Honor world title and to yeah. make it so... Yeah. Yeah, I'm the one that doesn't agree with you. <laughs> they've got to they've gotta make their, their own belt the, the big attraction. So it made sense to put this one on first. Because um, you couldn't put it mid-card. No, no. You couldn't put it on mid-card. It, then and, it would have just been a a heat uh, a heat vacuum for the next yeah. like three matches. Yeah. Plus, if you're trying to get people to buy your pay per view, I think by one saying in zero hour that we're starting off the night with Vikingo and Commander was a smart move. It's a good way. And then, yeah. and then two starting right. the show off with that because the internet like kind of exploded there for a minute, you know. Um, and so if you were on the fence about buying this pay per view. I feel like by having this match first, you probably got put over and decided to to get it. Yeah. If you were, like, unsure. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what the buy rate is for this pay-per-view. But, man, what an opener. I, I don't know what else to say. Amazing. Amazing. Five bones out of five. That's not that's not something I give out lightly. It seems like it lately here. <laughs> it's crazy because I've been giving it out with with Vikingo being around, but it, that is not a rating. I just I just throw out there. Um, I think, but this guy has been earning it. His three matches that you've given five stars. Bones. Bones. I'm sorry. Crap. Bones. We uh, give bones sorry, here. No, no, okay. No, 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 no. I just need like a bone to like hold in my hand while I say that. Yeah, but, hit you with a bone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think that. Those have been the only five bone matches uh, that you've given since, like, maybe Revolution. I think maybe you gave something five bones there. But, I mean, it's it's not often, no, it's not often. that you've said this, but except with every Vikingo match. Yeah. Um, and one thing we didn't mention was how super hot the crowd was. Like, Yeah, they were hot. When, well, it was weird. They were hot and the, during the match. Oh, I think before, too, they were. Oh, well, before the match yeah. and during the match, but then post-match, you know, Vikingo goes and he and Commander shake hands. It's the Ring of Honor custom, the honor code. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Vikingo kind of presents Commander to the crowd and and said, you know, he's showing, you know, give it up for this guy, give it up for him. And the crowd really is not giving it up. Mm-hmm. They, they, The crowd was on their feet, but was giving just a polite, like a golf round of applause. They should have been rooting like they were at the fucking Arsenio Hall show (laughs) for the show. And if you don't know what the Arsenio Hall show is, Google the Arsenio Hall show and you'll see what I mean. Yeah, or just Google a gif of Arsenio Hall. Yeah, Google a gif of Arsenio Hall, yeah. His his arm whooping thing. Um, But I feel like, I mean, that might have been because the crowd was so hot throughout the match. I mean, at the beginning, they kind of quieted down with the grappling that they started off with, I think because they were just taken off guard, as as was I. Uh, Yeah, yeah. But um, I think it might be that they just, like, wore themselves out cheering for them through the match so that by the end, they were just, like, spent. Yeah, I think so. But nonetheless, you're there in person. you got to give it up for these two. Yeah, that's true. They put their bodies 
on the line uh, in any number of ways mm-hmm. to entertain. I mean, just death-defying yeah. maneuvers going out there and just doing crazy shit, like off the wall, like they were from Mars or something. At one point, I wrote they broke the Matrix. <laughs> I mean, basically, yeah. yeah. Insane. Insanity. So what what had to follow that? So yeah, what had to follow it? Uh, unfortunately, the the next match is the the Ring of Honor World Six Man Tag Team Championship match. You had the champions, the Embassy. That's a team of Brian Cage and the Gates of Agony. Um, they were accompanied by Prince Nana. I just realized we didn't say our predictions for whether we were right or not for the Vikingo oh, match. Oh. Yeah. Well, we both predicted, yes. yeah, we both predicted Vikingo for that match. We were both correct. Yeah. Oh. Um Okay, so uh the embassy. The embassy accompanied by Prince Nana and they took on the challengers, the team of AR Fox, Metalik and Blake Christian. And this one uh this one I expected you know, quite quite a bit out of uh, AR Fox, Metalik, and Blake Christian have been coming on as a, as a new team. Have been working on their their teamwork here. Um, at one point, Blake Christian caught Brian Cage, who actually Brian Cage had a had his hair uh, dyed green, his mohawk was dyed green for this match, um, and that has nothing to do with anything. I just thought it was cool. At one point, Blake Christian caught Brian Cage out of midair, hit a Death Valley driver on him, and then went and hit a springboard moonsault onto Brian Cage. And that was that was pretty cool. That was a high point of the match. Uh, the end came when, however, when Brian Cage got the pinfall on Metalik. This match, it was hard fought by AR Fox, Metalik, and Christian, but they just did not have enough. Their their high flying ways were not enough to fight off the embassy who keep their belts, and uh, yeah, the embassy got the win. Uh, we both picked Fox, Metalik, and Christian to win the belts. We were both wrong, so we're uh, both yeah. we're I'm both not... we're both one out of two on our picks now. Uh, I gave this match three and a half bones out of five. I'm going to throw you under the bus on this one because I went back and forth four times with my pick because in my heart and in my gut and in my soul, I felt like the embassy was going to keep it. But then you were like, oh, Brian Cage is leaving. So then I flip-flopped and then I was like, no, I'm going to go with my soul. So I switched back to the embassy and then you were like, but I know this from the Wrestling Observer. And so I guess it's the Wrestling Observer's fault, but... I felt in my heart and in my gut that they were going to keep the belts. Uh, so I guess maybe Brian, do you think this means Brian Cage is staying or he's just going to stay kind of as like a free agent without a long-term contract or something? I don't know. I don't know. I'm going, mm-hmm. I'm going with what the, the, according to the wrestling observer, they said he's on his way out. So I'm going with he's on his way out. Just this wasn't his last match. Hmm. Fair enough. Um, I was surprised at this match. I expected it. I guess I should have picked the embassy because I expected the embassy to win. I was about to say, I expected it to be almost like a squash match like we have seen from them. This is the first team that we've really seen put in much of a fight uh, where it looked like at one point that the embassy was going to lose, you know? Um, 
at least in the recent new Ring of Honor, you know, um, it's the first time I've seen the embassy look like their reign was in question. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, I agree. It's the it's the furthest anyone has pushed them, that's for sure. Yeah. But um, wasn't I, enough. Yeah, I feel like Christian's speed and agility was a real advantage to the AR Fox Blake Christian Metal League team. And can they please please come up with a name for this trios team? Because it is a pain in the ass to have to say AR Fox, Blake Christian, and Metalik every time because they don't have a name like the Embassy or like the Trustbusters. You don't want to come up with a name for them? Oh, I don't know if I... I don't know if I can. The Speedy Three. Oh my god, that's terrible. I'll work on it. I'll come up with something. The Thrilling Threesome. Something about, like, Speedy Metal Foxes. That's also terrible. We're all just going to come up with terrible names. Uh, feel free to give us your name suggestions if you have a uh, trios name. Do we call them a trios or do we call them a six-man, even though there's only three of them? Well, in Ring of Honor, they're a six-man team. Okay, so you refer to them as a six-man team, even though there's only three of them, because they fight in six-man matches? They fight in the six-man division, correct. Okay, okay. Wasn't sure quite the uh, rules of the of the lingo there. All right, so what do we have up next? Up next, we had... Um, Ring of Honor Women's World Championship match. Uh, we had the champion, Athena, defending her belt against Yuka Sakazaki. Uh, Athena's entrance was strange, uh, but cool. Uh, the entrance had nursery music, kind of like a music box playing, and people were wondering what was going on. And then we have a spotlight on a porcelain doll. Athena enters and crushes the doll under her boot. And the doll, you see, was supposed to represent Yuka Sakazaki. Uh, Athena comes out. The women's title belt, like most of the belts in Ring of Honor, has a new design. Looks good. Has some, uh, has some, some hints of blue in it. Uh, looks nice. Um, at one point here, uh, Sakazaki... Um, this, this match didn't do a lot for me, I'll be honest. Uh, Sakazaki here, she hit one map move that was cool. Uh, she came running off the ramp and, uh, and dove and hit a running body splash on, from the ramp to the arena floor onto Athena. Um, uh, that was about all I saw out of Sakazaki that impressed me. Well, then she followed that with a jumping body splash from the ring while Athena was still on the floor. She, like, jumped up into the ring and then did another body splash from the ropes. Okay. Um, and, yeah, and all of that was just after she body slammed Athena. Um, she was able to get her up and, and body slam her. Uh, eventually, though, Athena hit a cutter for the pin and the win. This one, uh, it was just okay. It wasn't terrible. It was just okay. I gave gave this one two and a half bones out of five. Uh, we both picked Athena to hold on to the belt here, and we were both right. So at this point, we were uh, both two out of three on our picks. Mm -hmm. Okay, you have anything you want to add about this match? Yes, there was a new belt. So not only did she keep the belt, she got a new belt, and it was very pretty. Uh, um, 
I thought it was smart for Athena to work on uh, Sakazaki's... Sakuzaki's? Sakazaki. Sakazaki. Okay, I thought that... I can't read my own handwriting. I thought that it was, it was a U. Uh, Sakazaki's neck. Um, I felt like the match with Emi Sakura on Thursday... Sakura. Sakura, sorry. Was so much better. Yeah, like, it was... Like a million times better. It was much better, yeah. Um... I feel like that should have been the pay-per-view match. Uh, this was my first time seeing uh, Yuka. And yeah, me too. I had never seen her before. Yeah. yeah. Um, they did not seem evenly matched. Uh, no, in skill. Yeah. In ability. And strength. In strength? Surely not. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, yeah I One don't... thing that you and I have talked about off the, off the air that I am going to bring up... Um, is I think there needs to be almost like a cruiserweight belt for the women's division. I don't know how you do this in a way that doesn't seem like body shaming or eating disorder inducing. Um, but I feel like there needs to be a cruiserweight belt because you have women the size of, of Yuka. That doesn't have to be And then body shaming inducing. Just some women are smaller. Well, I, I understand that. But I think that... Women, historically, especially women in the spotlight of some kind of fame way, have a history of body image issues. And so basing whether or not you can qualify for a belt off your size, I think, could perhaps inflame that. Well, but but it's wrestling. at At the same time, it makes sense in the men's division to have a cruiserweight. It also makes sense in the women's division. Because when you have people the size of Yuka and then people the size of... Willow, or in, like, WWE Nia Jax. Like, it doesn't make sense. Or even, like, Nyla Rose in AEW. Yeah. I mean, it just... And I'm not saying that these women shouldn't be wrestlers. I'm not saying that they should quit because they're too small. Because, I mean, I've kind of felt that way about Darby Allen, honestly, when I first saw him. And then when I found out he was wrestling Samoa Joe, I was like, that's going to be ridiculous. But those ended up being pretty convincing good matches yeah. however i just think not everyone's a darby allen you know right, and, and right. I, I mean and there, i think, and I think there, it would just add to the believability to have smaller women wrestling smaller women and i'm not trying to box them in and say that they can't wrestle other people and w- wrestle them well and successfully i just don't feel like this was a display of that success yeah well and let's remember this is still pro wrestling and wrestling is based on weight classes yeah you know you fight who's in your weight class Mm -hmm. because who can you be successful against those in your weight class yeah because you're not going to be able to lift the dude who's you know or the woman who's two-thirds uh you know one and two-thirds your size Unless you're Bianca Belair, because she can lift, like, anyone. Yeah, that's true. Uh, But, you know, most people, Mm -hmm. you know, these, you know, you're not expected, generally, to be able to compete against these people who are, you know, multiples of your size. Mm -hmm. And so, it's, you know, to go with multiple weight classes would be doing nothing but going with the tradition of wrestling. Mm -hmm. And adding to the believability. And I think, I think not only 
should should the women do it? I think the men should do it also. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. And whether whatever you want to call it, cruiserweight, flyweight, whatever, and and to go with that, it's it's the same thing boxing does. The same way, same thing UFC does, in fighting com- competition sports, you have weight classes, and in the one where we're, you know, where we're we're making it up, it is fun to sometimes see. Giant killers like Rey Mysterio, but everybody can't be a giant killer. Yeah, and I'm not saying. So I think. So I think you know, we generally should stick to weight classes, um, and have whatever you want to call it—a cruiserweight, a flyweight, a lightweight, whatever you want to call it—a light heavyweight. We don't need ten different classes. Maybe two or three different weight classes, and then if somebody can rise up and really, you know, from time to time, we can have somebody who can rise up and really can beat some of the larger uh, guys or uh, a woman who can beat some of the larger gals. That, you know, that would make for an awesome story, but it should be the exception and not the rule and not the expectation. And then it's not, you know, you don't have... uh, Sakazaki versus Athena. You don't have like Nyla Rose versus Riho. These, you know, just absurd mismatches that totally shatter the believability of the thing. I I will say people loved the Nyla Rose Riho matches and we did not watch any of them. So I feel like we can't really use that as an example of it not being effective because we didn't see it. And based well, on we can use it as an example of it not being as effective because it so ruined the believability for me that I just chose not to watch it. Well, I guess that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, I mean, she might have. I mean, she might have pulled a Darby Allen Samoa Joe. You know, we don't know because we didn't see it. She may have, but, but that's my point. Yeah. It's so ridiculous to me that I chose just not to watch it mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Okay, I didn't mean to take us down that. Uh, no, it's fine, and it, it's fine. Yeah. Okay, so... So, so so far we're... Two, two for, for three. three. We were both yeah. two for three. Uh, next match, Ring of Honor World Television Championship match. Uh, we have the champion, Samoa Joe, who has had the belt for quite a while now. Uh, he's defending it against Mark Briscoe. Uh, this one, Briscoe, at one point, he set a chair up in the ring, and he hit a somersault flip off of it to the outside on Samoa Joe. Briscoe also ran off the apron and hit a flipping neckbreaker onto Joe through a table that didn't want to break. And actually, Briscoe ended up taking the brunt of, of that hit. Uh, you could hear the, the thud of his body on the table. The tables just didn't seem to want to break tonight. Um, for whatever reason, who knows. Uh, had some tough tables tonight, as you'll see later, too. Um uh, Eventually, Briscoe hit one of his signatures, hit the froggy bomb elbow drop, and got a two count. Samoa Joe eventually locked Briscoe in a sleeper hold, and he knocked Mark Briscoe out, put him out, got the win, to the shock of many. A lot of people thought Mark Briscoe, you know, he said it's his destiny to win the TV title. A lot of people thought, you know, with him just losing his brother, he's the emotional favorite, he's on this roll he's got to win the tv title that's the way both of us thought we both Mm -hmm. picked him to win and uh we were both wrong 
as Mark Briscoe picks up the loss. Uh, of course, after the match, Joe did shake his hand, though, mm-hmm. which was a, a nice show by Joe. And after the match, Mark Briscoe was consoled by his family. So it was kind of a cool way for Ring of Honor to show, you know, yeah, he lost. He doesn't have the belt, but he does have family, which is, of course, worth more than any of that other stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And this was a very good match. I gave it four bones out of five. Uh, And so after this pick, we were both only two out of four on our picks. This pick shattered my world. Shattered your world? Shattered my world and my confidence as a wrestling predictor. Yeah. Because I felt like out of all of WrestleMania weekend and the events leading up to it, I felt like this was the pick I was, like, the most sure of. And when Joe won, I was so shocked. I wrote, I am in shocked. (laughs) Like, I was so shocked my sentence makes no sense. Um, This match was very emotional. The end was very emotional. I don't know if I can talk about it because it's, like, making me teary thinking about it. But it was a very good match. Uh, At one point... Uh, Mark hit a kung fu chop to the throat of Joe, which I thought was awesome. I love it when people go for, like, the eyes or the throat or, like, bite yeah, each other. Biting um, each other, yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan of, of all of that. Uh, you using... would be a dirty fighter uh, if you were in a real fight, oh, I think. I absolutely would, yes. Uh, by any means necessary, I feel like is a good slogan uh, to it have. Malcolm X's slogan. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, but, uh... Yeah, I was shocked uh, when Mark hit the froggy bomb and it was only a two count. That, like, killed me. When that happened, I was like, oh, my God, he's going to fucking lose this match. Yeah. And he did. And it's one of the reasons why I love Ring of Honor and AEW, you know? And I love love wrestling that's well-planned, I guess. Like... Because I think everyone in that arena assumed Mark was winning this. And knowing that it was going to disappoint the fans, they did it anyway for the story. And I think that was awesome. Yeah. And I love that so far we've only been 50% right. Yeah, you're you right, know? right. That's, that says something and about, that is about nice. this show, yeah. I think. Right. And that's the thing is, yeah, I like Ring of Honor and AEW for that too. Is that I'm a longtime wrestling fan. I know, you know, I know what I'm saying. I know storylines and how they're written and this and that. So when I'm fooled, that's the thing. I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're doing it wrong or this or that. I'll tell you, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love being wrong. You know what that means? That means it's unpredictable. That's fun. I like getting fooled. Yeah. I don't sure. want to sit there and know everything that's going to happen. That's boring. Plus, it can be, like, exciting because it's like, oh, my God, they went in the total opposite direction I thought they were going. Right. I wonder where this story is going to exactly. go in the future. So, it, like, makes me definite. I mean, I always want to tune in next week anyway. But, it. I mean, if I didn't, it would definitely motivate me to be like, I have to see where this is going now because right. I can't believe they had him lose, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. And I'll tell you what I have saw. I've seen uh, numerous people... Uh, point out online is that you know by him losing this television title match it leaves mark briscoe open to go maybe for the world title Hmm. i saw people suggesting that this battle wasn't over and that it was 
he lost this time so that when he does eventually win, the pop is going to be even, like, ten times bigger than what it is. Um, I apparently have no idea what's going to happen, so I'm just interested to see where this goes. So you couldn't um, see him going for the world title? Not immediately? Not, not immediately. I think... I mean, they made such a compelling argument for why this belt was so important to him. I feel like him losing it or losing this match isn't going to end that drive to get this belt. You would hope not. I would hope not, yeah. yeah, yeah. And can I just say, too, like, I mean, I understand people process grief differently. And them being, like, a wrestling, like, phenomenon brother set, you know? I can see them, like, bringing up Jay kind of frequently. But if this continues, like, Mark, like, reaching the tag in his brother. Yeah, that was much, sad. Yeah. Yeah, at one like, point the wrestlers, they said, you know, Mark Briscoe was making his way towards a corner. And they said, oh, he's going, he's looking to make a tag, but his brother's not there. It's like, oh, that was sad. But it's weird. it was weird, though, because this was a singles match. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, because when he got to the corner, that's when he got, like, reinvigorated, you know, and, and started... Like, because Joe was beating the shit out of him up to that point. Uh, and I feel like that, like, he kind of, like, hulked up at that point. Um, mm-hmm. And so I wonder if he's going to make that, like, part of his gimmick. And I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, like, I hope it doesn't become a regular part of his wrestling because it is sad. But, I mean, if that's what he needs to do to process his grief and honor his brother... I guess I get it, but it seems almost in poor taste, but not really, if that makes sense. I don't know how I feel about it, I guess, is my point. To what? To incorporate, like, your dead brother into your wrestling gimmick. I think it's awesome. No, I mean, I think it's it's awesome. I think it's just really sad. (laughs) Of course it's sad. Yeah. Yeah. You don't think his dead brother, who, like committed his life to wrestling too would wouldn't oh, love it oh i think he would absolutely love it yeah no i think it's, well, who I think cares it's then yeah that's a good point that's a good point all right so what's up next uh up next we have uh hiroshi tanahashi versus daniel garcia and uh the crowd here they were having some fun with jericho appreciation society member garcia and they were chanting you're a wrestler at garcia and it got to him. He was chanting back, you know, no, I'm a sports entertainer. And uh, Was that your Garcia voice? I'm a sports entertainer. <laughs> yeah, that's my Garcia impression. Uh, so Tanahashi pretty much had his way with, with Garcia uh, for a good part of this match. And eventually got the win with the frog splash. Uh, this was a, it was a good solid match between the two. Garcia is a good hand. He can have a good match with pretty much anybody. Um, Gar- not that it takes a, a lot of, uh, you know, not that Tanahashi, ne- you need help having a good match with Tanahashi. Uh, seems like a pretty good wrestler. Uh, ace, as they call him. Uh, I gave this one four bones out of five. And uh, we both picked Tanahashi to win this one. So now we were both... Three out of five on our picks. Kay, do you have anything you want to add about Tanahashi versus Garcia? Um, 
that Tanahashi had a nice sling blade and that I love that the audience chanted you're a wrestler and that that's still like a thing that's happening to him. Yeah. I enjoy that greatly. Um, I thought the dancing that he did at one point was stupid um, and don't really understand where that was coming from. So maybe that's like something Tanahashi does that he was mocking, but not knowing Tanahashi, I I don't know if that was related to him or not. I don't know um, what it was. Yeah. I, at one point also something was like dancing. Daniel Garcia was doing the Shinsuke Nakamura pose, you know, the mm-hmm. one where he, like, breaks his back, bending yeah, over backwards, yeah. you know? Yeah. He did that at one it point. It was just odd, and I think it was just maybe him referencing something that I wasn't getting. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it was a good match. Mm-hmm. Tanahashi got up, uh, picked up the win. I'm not sure if he's staying around in Ring of Honor or not. Um... It would be cool if he did, but uh, I'm not sure what the deal is uh, with Tanahashi. Uh, Up next, we had another good one. Uh, We had the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship Reach for the Sky ladder match, where we had new Ring of Honor World Tag Team title belts, and they were hung way the fuck up in the sky. Way up there. Like a normal ladder that you have in your backyard shed is not going to reach these. They had some super ladder out there that 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 you had to use to reach these belts. That's how hung they were high. That's how high they were hung up there. Uh, this match featured the Lucha Brothers versus Rush and Dralistico versus the Kingdom versus Top Flight versus Aussie Open. And interestingly enough, you know this of course the belts, uh, the title left vacant. When uh, Jay Briscoe died uh, in a car crash, uh, interestingly enough, as we pointed out on the preview show, we have three sets of real brothers uh, in the, or at least that's how they're sold on television. Three sets of brothers in the match. We have the Lucha Brothers, Top Flight, and Roosh and Dralistico. And an interesting match, uh, an interesting point, God, I'm tongue-tied, an interesting point that the announcers pointed out uh, before the match, and which I I never knew. I, I think I know a thing or two about Lucha Libre, but I this I I hadn't heard. Uh, maybe it's common common knowledge, but they said luchadors wear white for the biggest match of their careers, or what they think is going to be a significant match in their careers. They wear white uh, gear, and so here Dralistico was in white uh, tonight, and also Pinta El Cerro Miedo, also in white. Maybe just worth noting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and I think it's definitely worth noting. So the Lucha Brothers start this off. They have some great double-team offense on Mark Davis of Aussie Open. Uh, at one point, the Kingdom hit a doomsday device on Darius Martin from the inside of the ring to the outside meaning one member of the kingdom held Darius Martin on their shoulders and the other member came bouncing off the ropes and flying over the other set of ropes to the outside, pushing him off of his tag team partner's shoulders to fall on the arena floor. That was pretty awesome to see. Um, After that, Aussie Open, uh, the two members of Aussie Open, got the two members of the kingdom and hit a double-team Tombstone and regular pile driver. 
one one Aussie Open member hit a Tombstone pile driver. One Aussie Open member hit a regular pile driver on the Kingdom members. Uh, after that, Darius Martin hit a Spanish fly off of a ladder onto Matt Taven. Dante Martin hit a Sunset Bomb onto Mike Bennett off of the tall-ass ladder. It was a high Sunset Bomb. Uh, Matt Taven hit a splash onto Drillistico off of the top turnbuckle onto a ladder outside. I mean, these guys were flying everywhere, were just risking life and limb to to do everything that they could to get at these belts. Uh, Penta hit a destroyer on Dante Martin off a ladder through multiple tables that were set up outside the ring, and that is where... Uh, tragedy struck he's no one's no one's dead don't don't take it that way but Dante Martin uh had a serious what appears to be a serious break of his leg I mean his his left leg bent like a like a bow his foot was on backwards yeah his foot was and I it may have just been his boot but I don't think it was just no, his boot his foot was on boot, backwards yeah. his leg was bent like a bow and his foot was on backwards and Dante Martin was visibly, you know, horrified by the by the injury, by what he had to fucking look down at on his on the end of his left foot, on the end of his left leg. And so the camera crew was they took the camera off him after that. Um, and props to the medical staff for yeah, the they of got honor. him out they, of there. They reacted yeah. quickly and got him out of there. Got, him, got him, on him on a stretcher. stretcher yeah. Got him on a stretcher and got him out of there. Uh, but so, hopefully he will wrestle someday again. Uh, looked like a very serious break. Obviously, I'm no doctor. Uh, so I'm sure we'll hear sometime soon Mm -hmm. what kind of timetable he might have. You know, he might end up with some, some steel in his leg, uh, if, if he's able to come back at all. Um. So who knows? He's a young man, but it did seem to be a pretty, uh, pretty gruesome break of his leg. If you're a basketball fan, it looked similar to Gordon Hayward's leg break during the Celtics opener a few years ago where he landed funny and just his foot went on backwards. And for Gordon Hayward, the recovery time was... Probably like over six months, wouldn't you say? It was like six to nine. Yeah, months. but th- this wasn't just that because it was his le- his entire leg too. You know. Yeah. As I said, his entire. So the what the spot was was, Penta hit a destroyer onto Dante Martin, and Dante his body his weight kind of shifts, to where. You know, ideally he you want to go through the table. Well, they overshoot. And Dante comes down past the tables, and his body is off off balance. So all of his weight and a lot of Penta's weight comes down directly on that left leg from a height of, what, 10 feet? Yeah, at least. I mean, with some momentum behind it. So just it just snapped. Um, and so... Best of luck to Dante Martin. Mm-hmm. Uh, top flight, they can't seem to catch a break. No. Uh, no, God, no pun intended. I, I just realized that sounded yeah, terrible. No, but they can't mean to. Yeah, they can't seem to catch a 
catch any good luck. Um, between the, the injuries we've seen with Darius Martin and, uh, yeah, best, best to Dante Martin. Hope he's, hope he does well. Um, so after that, after the injury, you know, the show must go on in wrestling for better or worse. That's how it works. Uh, Ray Phoenix knocks both members of the kingdom off of the tall ladder and he grabs the belts for his team. The Lucha Brothers win and they are the new Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. Mark Briscoe and FTR uh, come out to present the belts. Um, not sure why FTR came out to present the belts. I guess just because they're, they're kind of friends with Mark Briscoe. I guess that's the only reason. And because they had that the thrilling set of matches with the Briscoe brothers. Well, the Briscoes got the belts from them, didn't they? Because remember, the FTR had three belts. Yeah. And so the Briscoes won the belts. I thought, I thought that was part of it. Well, um, yeah, but there's no need for FTR to be out there. They were just out there because they're buddies with Mark Briscoe. Yeah, or maybe they're going to challenge uh, the Lucha Brothers for the belt on Ring of Honor. You never maybe. know. But so we both picked the Lucha Brothers. So we were both, uh, what are we now? Two for two. What's our record now? Two for oh, three. I'm sorry. Two uh, for four. Three for five. Four for six. Mm-hmm. We're both four for six now, yeah. I think we'd be remiss, too, if we didn't mention that after the match, there was a really nice moment with Mark Briscoe and the Kingdom, who had had a history of long feuds with the Briscoes, um, where they kind of all were hugging and crying it out together. Uh, and that was kind of one of the last shots before they moved on to the next video package uh, for the the match that was up next. And so I thought that was a nice moment. Yeah. So this match, I gave five bones out of five. Uh, one of One of two... Five bone matches yeah. on the show. Uh, it's crazy. Again, that is not a rating that I give out uh, lightly. Um, but here we are. That This and the opening match. Five bones out of five. I know you said I just can't remember. What did you give the Garcia match bone-wise? Four bones four out bones. of five. Okay, that's what I thought. I wasn't sure if you did four or three and a half, so I'm just trying to keep keep track of overall the show, kind of what you're... Your bones were. Yeah, we should we should start keeping track of the wrestlers and their matches. What bone rating they have as well, maybe. Mm-hmm. But God, we have a lot to go back through now. It's okay. I like data. Well, we have a month of it now. Yeah. Uh, we have two matches left here. Uh, first, we have the Ring of Honor Pure Championship match. Uh, we have the champion Wheeler Utah. And the challenger, Katsuyori Shibata. And Wheeler Yuta was accompanied out to the ring by John Moxley, his Blackpool Combat Club running mate. And Yuta lately has really been using the uh, pure rules to his advantage. Uh, he's just been getting in there with guys and, you know, forcing them to use their rope breaks uh, and then getting them in, in awkward positions. You know, it's been getting him to tap out or, as I said, just getting him in positions where he'll hit them with finishers and pick up the wins, and he's holding on to that belt. He's had a, had a good reign. Um, 
So early on, Yuta uh, was cautioned not to use a closed fist. Remember, two closed fists here, you're disqualified, and you can lose the Pure Championship on a disqualification. So to run down the Pure rules real quickly, uh, you have three rope breaks you can use. After that, there are no rope breaks, meaning if you get in a submission hold, you go over to the ropes, it's not broken. If you're pinned, you go to the ropes, the pin isn't broken. Uh, on the second closed fist, the referee can disqualify you. The belt can change hands on a disqualification or a countout. Uh, if the match goes to a 15-minute time limit, uh, it goes to a panel of three judges who are sitting and judging the match. And it's a 20-count. And, so, well, all, all well, Ring of Honor. Yeah, but I feel like that's still worth noting because it's not... Common. Yeah, all Ring of Honor matches are on the 20 count for uh, count out. Uh, but so early on, Yuta was cautioned not to use a closed fist as he used one. So after that, he goes on to, to slap and taunt Shibata, which I think he might have gone on to, uh, to regret. <laughs> because eventually Shibata showed that he's not, you know, a, a younger guy. He's, he's a veteran and he exploited some of the things that Yuta might have been uh, taking taking for granted, fighting against people without as much experience as Shibata. And eventually, Shibata just out-wrestled Yuta, and he saw a hole, and he took it, and he got the he hit the PK, got the pin on Yuta, the win, and we have a new Ring of Honor pure champion in Katsuyori Shibata. And we not only had a new champion, we also had a new Ring of Honor Pure Championship belt. Looked very nice. Mm -hmm. Kind of a, just an updating of the old design, but it looked very nice. Uh, gave this match four bones out of five. So yeah, it was a, it was a solid match. Fought under the Pure Championship rules. Uh, Shibata showed, you know, he's, he may be older, but he still has a trick or two up his sleeve. Um... Wheeler Yuta, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the Blackpool Combat Club meets him, the the junior member, as they, they keep, uh, the, the announce team keeps referring to him as the junior member. It'll be interesting to see how Blackpool Combat Club meets him losing his belt. Um, be interesting to see how that dynamic changes and uh, with what ferocity Wheeler Yuta um, goes to regain his title. Because I don't think he's just going to drop it and be fine with it, you know? I think he might. I think he, really? I think he might use this as, like, a backing for the justification of his anger that he's going to take out on everyone with his heel status, you know? I think they're going to pursue the trio spouts. Hmm. Um, although now that Danielson's back sort of I don't know if he's back to wrestle or just back to be by their sides um I don't know how the trio belts would work with them since there are four well, of them the, I, the impression that I got well the impression I get is it seems as though Omega is gonna feud with Danielson oh my god yes yeah can you imagine oh my god yes that would be it, awesome it seems as though Omega is gonna feud with Danielson and, and then the other three can be trios. And then I think, yeah, I think uh, Yuta, 
Moxley and Castagnoli will be a, a trios, I you, think. You can't say such beautiful things and make such promises if it's not going to come true. I think I think that's that, what's going to happen. That would be just so awesome. So, we, we will see. But, so this one, uh, uh, we did not know Shibata was going to stick around, so we both picked Yuta to retain his mm-hmm. title. And then in the press conference after... Uh, after the pay-per-view, it turns out they're like, oh, hey, everybody, Shibata's sticking around. It's like, well, no shit. He just won the title. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. So at this point, uh, we were both, what, four out of seven on our picks. We had, we had picked everything the same. Uh, and then we had the main event we, we picked differently. Yeah. Uh, so the main event would decide which of us got the most picks correct and which of us won the pick championship belt so the ring of honor world championship match the champion claudio castagnoli of the blackpool combat club and i picked claudio castagnoli to retain and the challenger eddie kingston and k fabulous picked eddie kingston to win the championship i went with my heart yeah uh claudio hit a uh, big superplex on eddie in a spot in this one. And uh, Claudio also took Eddie over in a gut-wrench suplex from the apron to the floor. It was a nasty landing where Eddie, uh, it seems like most of his weight came down around his shoulder blades. It was a, it was a rough landing. Uh, after that, Claudio slammed Eddie into the barricade. Uh, and he got Eddie back in the ring. Uh, Eddie... Eddie launched a comeback. Uh, seemed like he had a head of steam, and it looked for a minute there like we were going to have a new Ring of Honor World Champion. It looked like Eddie Kingston was going to be the Ring of Honor World Champion. And he, he rolled up Claudio, looked like he was going to get the three count, but he only got a two. Claudio reverses that roll up, and he gets a quick three count out of nowhere, regain, uh, retains his World Championship. Just on a quick roll-up reversal, Claudio Castagnoli, still the Ring of Honor World Champion. Uh, This was a good, solid main event. Uh, Was not the best match on the card, but it was a very good match. Four bones out of five. Uh, Several four-bone matches on this card. Match of the night, though, again, was... uh, Elijo Del Vikingo retaining the AAA Mega Championship over Comendar. Um, but so, this one, uh, with Claudio retaining his belt, I went 5 for 8 on my predictions, and K Fabulous went only 4 for 8. So I won the prediction championship belt from her, and she is crying as we speak. <laughs> Uh, I'm just really hoping that my we did our Wrestlemania picks feel free to listen to that show if you haven't already Uh, but we did our Wrestlemania previews and predictions show yesterday and we have almost the same picks with the exception of two matches so I'm really really hoping that I'm right on those so I can get my belt back but we're not done with this show yet so Wheeler Yuta comes down uh, to beat up Kingston with Claudio they want to beat him down after the match uh, but then uh, the new Ring of Honor Pure champion, Katsuyori Shibata, comes down to even the odds. Uh, the heels flee. 
Eddie Kingston gets on the mic, curses a lot, uh, honors Shibata and Tanahashi for being there, thanks them for being there, and then the show gets off the air. Like, he immediately gets on the mic, goes, fuck shit, motherfucker. <laughs> you know, isn't that what he says? <laughs> yeah. Find me, give that, I don't fucking care. He he may have that, that some form of, impression of find me, fuck, oh, shit, fuck, no, I don't oh care. God, oh fuck shit, cock, that, motherfucker. This is terrible. I don't care. <laughs> I'm Eddie Kingston, fuck no, you. No, no, Boo. <laughs> Boo. That could be your worst impression. Yeah. Okay, okay, moving on, moving on. People might be listening to this with headphones on. You don't want to blow out their yeah. ears. Okay. That's my Eddie Kingston impression. Yeah, great job. He may have a mild form of Tourette's. I think there's I, a possibility on I, that. I don't think so. Anyway, so that's how the the Ring of Honor ended. That would have been your honorly champion. Fuck shit, motherfucker, I don't care. Yes, I love him. I want him to have a belt. Find me, I don't care. Anyway. So, it's an odd ending to uh, a great night. Uh, Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor. Very good pay-per-view. Very good show. Uh... Every, everything was great except, you know, Dante Martin's horrific leg injury. And the women's match. Uh, yeah, and the women's match was not, not good. Um, everything else was pretty darn good. Um, so I can't help but be excited to see where Ring of Honor goes from here. I'll be interested to see the buy rate for this. Um, and as Kay Fabulous mentioned, we did our WrestleMania pick show. So definitely um, look for that. It is on Spotify, and uh, you we link to it uh, from our Twitter account also. Um, it'll say, you know, WrestleMania picks, obviously. WrestleMania 39 picks. And so listen to that, and we will check in after night one. Uh, we may do a show tonight after the after the card, uh, but we'll probably do a show tomorrow afternoon um, instead, like after night one, before night two, that type of thing, check in with you, see how your WrestleMania weekend is going, see how night one went, we'll probably do that type of thing, and uh, Kay, you have anything to add? No, I have to try and change my mindset from ROH mindset to, to WWE mindset. It's a whole different way to look at wrestling. So mm-hmm. That's for sure. I gotta try and get out of the wrestling pro wrestling mindset into the sports entertainment mindset. So I need to channel my inner Jericho. It is very uh, different. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. That's for sure. And yeah, just sit back and be entertained and have have fun. Yeah, I'm excited to see the outfits. I'm not yeah. going to lie. That's like one of the things I'm looking forward well, to. Well, WrestleMania most. is a big show. I mean, they have... The entrances. There's so much yeah. fucking money they pour into it. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's a big show. I've been watching it, like, most of my life. There's so much history there. You know, it's... Um, even if you don't like the matches, which we have a lot of great matches mm-hmm. tonight, you can enjoy the pageantry and the, just the show they put on, the amazing entrances... Have you and heard? just the talk of the wrestling history and the historical figures in the, the sport that we all love. Have you at this point, I know last year your one of your goals was to see every WrestleMania. Did you make it through all of them? I did, yes. Yeah. I've seen every WrestleMania. Do you have a, a favorite WrestleMania? I think my favorite is probably WrestleMania 10. 
And what was the main event of that? Main one? event was Bret Hart winning his second world title uh, from Yokozuna. Okay, and was that the match that like sold you on it the most, or? Uh, the one well. The WrestleMania ten is probably best known for Bret winning his second world title, and it's also best known for Razor Ramon beating Shawn Michaels in a ladder match to keep the Intercontinental title. What awesome. match did I most want to see at WrestleMania 10? The first world championship match of the night was Yokozuna versus Lex Luger. Uh, this is, yeah. And the winner was going on to face Bret Hart. So I wanted to see Lex Luger win the world title from Yoko. And then I wanted the main event to be Luger versus Bret Hart and have Luger beat Bret Hart and come out of 10 as the as the world champion that but that didn't happen that's such a cool idea to like not be able to announce your main event card because it's being determined earlier in the show like that's a neat concept yeah yeah i mean it was a fun wrestlemania 10 was a fun build you had all that uh what else was it randy savage versus crush in a falls count anywhere match was the second match of the show um It was just fun, and they played up the history a lot, because, I mean, WrestleMania 10, 10 years in the making, it was a big deal, and they were back in Madison Square Garden, which is where they had WrestleMania 1. Yeah, that's cool. And that still, to this day, is like WWE's kind of home arena, you know? Well, didn't they, when they, maybe it was during COVID, but one year, didn't they have, like, some of the matches at one location, and then some of the matches in Madison Square Garden, and there were, like, two WrestleMania crowds? Well, they did at WrestleMania two. They had three different crowds. No, I'm talking about this is when I was watching, so this oh. would have been recently. Oh, like, I don't remember. Maybe that was before you started watching again. I don't remember. But it was odd because I didn't know the history from it, so I just thought it was them randomly doing it. Because like the Undertaker match was at Madison Square Gardens, but then other matches were elsewhere. Garden, garden. not gardens. Oh, I like the idea of gardens. There are no gardens there. Huh. Oh, well. Not everywhere can be perfect. Um, interesting. So, WrestleMania 10, I'll have to check WrestleMania it out. WrestleMania 10, yeah. And if for those of you if, you, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's not a perfect show, but it's a lot of fun. Like I said, Brett, uh, probably the best match, which I haven't, uh, I haven't mentioned yet. You know, like I said, you got Brett versus Yoko, very good match. Uh, Brett winning the title. You got Randy Savage versus Crush. Falls count anywhere. You got Yoko beating Lex Luger by a bullshit disqualification, which where Mister Perfect was the guest ref. Roddy Piper was the guest referee for Brett versus Yokozuna. The best match on the whole show isn't the Razor Ramon versus Shawn ladder match. The best match on the whole show is the first match, uh, Brett versus Owen, brother versus brother. So Brett had two matches. Brett had two matches. Yeah, they said Brett can't get out of this scot free. He has to have two matches yeah. too. If huh. it if it if it's possible for Lex or Yoko to have two matches, Brett has to have a second match. That's smart. And they said so. Brett is going to wrestle Owen. And, and that was the opener. That was the first match on the show. Yeah, it was that's Brett a great and Owen. Way to open a show. Yeah, and they had the they had the best match on the show. I think that's a little bit more exciting than Cena not according theory. not according to the crowd. If you go with the crowd reaction. It, it was definitely Brett versus Yoko. Yeah. But if you go with technical uh, ability, quality technical quality, yeah. Brett versus Owen. If you go with the most spots that make you go, wow, 
is probably Razor versus Sean. So there's a little bit of everything at WrestleMania 10. Yeah. Here, sorry, I didn't mean that. I just realized this is our Ring of Honor show. Go down mean, memory lane memory, with me. Memory yeah. lane for WrestleMania. WrestleMania 10. But, uh, all right. All right, and that's your Ring of Honor <laughs> <laughs> Super Card of Honor show. All right, everybody. WrestleMania time from now on. Have fun, and we will see you soon. And as McFoley would say, have a nice WrestleMania day. <laughs> Bye.